goblins and wallows. Come at the grand light, making a slam. The smell of death is on the rail. And at night when the cold wind blows, no one cares. Nobody knows. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies. Like the rotting corpses that they are, and we're in a new year, 2022, (laughs) which as always means that we'll be looking back on the prior year of 2021. I said this last time, and I'll say it again, kind of a shit year, (laughs) (laughs) which is why we're starting out with the worst of the year. So next week, we can end our look back on a positive note. Yay. Yay. But this week, the first week. All the bad stuff. All the bad stuff. We're going to talk about the 10 worst movies that we saw in 2021, as well as our own personal bottom 10 lists, and the biggest differences that Kelsey and I had between our own opinions. So where Kelsey and I differed the most in our opinions of these movies. So they might be good movies, just one liked the movie better than the other, or they might be really terrible movies and one really hated it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll see how that turns out. But let's get right into it with the 10th worst movie that we watched in 2021, 2000's Bless the Child, which has a three on Rotten Tomatoes, or at least did when we did the review. Uh This is from back in... March of this year. For that, Easter. That we watched it. Yeah. It was an Easter show. Uh-huh. Look, it's a bad movie. I just have yeah. memories of seeing it in theaters with my mom. and Yeah, it's just really, it's one of those late 90s, early 2000s sort of, you know, the devil sort of movies that were all Really wanted to be everywhere. end of days. Yes, it wanted to be end of days. And that is not the highest of bars. No. And it still didn't reach it. And it's got, what's his name as the bad guy, as the devil from Dark City. And then it's got Kim Basinger. Cody saved the bird. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. The bird moment. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Rufus Sewell. Sewell. As uh, the bad guy, Jimmy Smits, and yeah, Kim Basinger, yeah. Kelsey gave it a 25, I gave it a 20, for our average review of 22 and a half, which is not great, and folks, it only gets worse from here! Yes. So, let's hear what we had to say about it back when we first watched it earlier in the year in March. Let's hear what we have to say about 2000's Bless the Child. I don't think you understand. Cody's very special. You're a psychiatric nurse, Maggie. You know the diagnosis as well as I do. I used to think it was autism, too. But I'm not so sure anymore. It's as if she's listening to something. Something we can't hear or see. It must be that poor bird. It flew into a window and broke its neck. They're all quite curious about death. I think we found the one. She was kidnapped. I won't leave here until somebody helps me. Excuse me, Miss, how old is your child? She's six years old. Same birthday as every kid on that board. You're not like ordinary children, Cody. Do you know that? Dear God, please help me. We're gonna get it back, Maggie, I promise you that. 
Eric's got this religion, only it's more like the opposite of religion. About a year ago, they started hunting kids. What does this have to do with Cody? She's the one they've been looking for all along. She's gonna lead people to God. Join us, Cody. Stark is well protected. Are you saying you're scared of him? He'll bury you if you come after him. Promise to get her out of there? I'm not leaving here until I see Cody. There won't be a second chance here. Not for you, not for Cody. You have to choose. If you believe, jump. If not, you come to me. After you. Should people watch Bless the Child? No, and it's really sad because I had good memories of it. I was way too oh, young. Oh, did you? Okay. I was way too young when I, when I saw okay, it. Okay, yeah. But, you would have been like 13 when it came out. Yeah, so I had fond memories of it, and it's got a good cast. It does. But unfortunately, you don't get the best performances out of them. No, either. especially not Kim Basinger. I I wrote down, has Kim Basinger always been this flat or like is in it, her performance? Or is it just this movie? I feel like yeah. this movie was rushed. Something. It feels very rushed. It feels yes. very rushed. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, it's 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 end of days. Yes, but on Easter. Just watch end of days. Like I'm seriously telling you, watch end of days instead of this. <laughs> end of days is not good. It's not, but this is worse. <laughs> but it has what's his name, and I really like him. Rufus Sewell. Yes. Yes. He's great in Dark City. Dark City. Right. And many other things. He's a fine actor. And Jimmy Smits from NYPD Blue. <laughs> and the priest from The Fifth Element. Oh, Ian Holm. Yeah. That's where you think of him as The Fifth Element. Is that not where your mind goes? No, it goes to Ash from Alien. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely in my brain. Fifth Element priest. <laughs> That's fair enough. Cornelius. That's fair enough. <laughs> Yes, but famed actor Ian Holm. I wrote down. Where is it? It's somewhere here. Ian Holm, no! When I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, what are you doing? He's in like one scene, though, so it's not too bad. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, don't watch the movie. Practically doing a Donald Pleasance impersonation. Almost, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Felt very Donald Pleasance. But don't watch the movie. Just listen to us talk about it. <laughs> You'll get everything you need. I wrote at one point, halfway through the movie or so, I wrote, it's absolutely terrible. But it's a benign terrible. Like, I can't bring myself to hate it. it but it's <laughs> awful. I wrote down, this is just kind of boring and predictable. <laughs> yes! That's, like, it's benign is what it is. <sighs> what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm sure it's low. What is it, like a 42? There are Okay, so there are a lot of reviews. Okay. Like 200 or something like that. 3%. Three. Bless the Child squanders its talented cast on a plot that's more likely to inspire unintentional laughs than shivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. So Rotten Tomatoes, we haven't talked about it in a while. It's a percentage of professional reviews that were either positive or negative. If you had to say this review was positive or negative, which would it be? It's the percentage of positive reviews. And yeah, I can't see anyone liking this movie. But it drives that percentage down so far that 3% sounds 
Fair. Like it's a 3% good movie and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's better than that. Mm-hmm. It's Metacritic is 17 though and that's still low. Mm-hmm. But it's cinema score is a B. Wow. I would give this movie a D, I think, coming out. Like, it's not, I hated it, F, but it's a D. It's a D movie. What would you give it, Kelsey? I mean, obviously, I think you think that it's underrated. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Which isn't saying much, because this is a very low bar. Yes. But underrated, what would you give it? I'll give it a 25. Because it's so benign, I was going to put it probably somewhere at like a 20. That's the problem. It's not offensively bad. It's just ridiculously trite. Yes. Well said. I hope you didn't watch this movie on our account. I hope you waited until we told you whether to watch it or not so Mm -hmm. you would not watch it. (laughs) Because you just wasted an hour and 45 minutes or something like that of your time. (laughs) So yeah, not the best, but not the worst. No. The tenth worst. (laughs) What's number nine? Number nine is 1982's To All a Good Night. Well, we just which watched Which we just that. watched. Yeah, it was pretty bad. For Christmas. Pretty, and pretty, pretty bad. Let me tell you, we just watched it. I can't bring any of it to mind. Uh, it's a slasher. It wanted to be a slasher. I remember that. Oh, wasn't it kind of a revenge, like the mom? Yeah, because it was like we thought that. Oh, the Santa Claus, yes, and it was Black Christmas, but not really. And ooh, it was really bad. Remember the dummy, the doll? Oh yeah, that falls from the balcony, and the intro with all the Vaseline on the camera or whatever it was had all that really drastic vignetting. Like, oh man, yeah, no, I now I can bring it to mind. That was terrible. What did we give it? It had a Rotten Tomatoes of 19. You gave it a 22 and I gave it a 20 for Probably an average of 21. Probably it's a slasher from the 80s. Yeah, and you gotta, you can't help but have some sort of affection for it. Yes. Enough to keep it out of the single digits, I guess. And it seemed like it started a lot of trends. Yes, it did a lot of things first. Yes. But very poorly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that same year saw a lot of other movies come out that we actually really like, like Terror Train and Friday the 13th. And even Prom Night. Yes. Which all did things that this one did, but later. But they did it so much better. Yes. So let's hear what we have to say about 1982's To All a Good Night. It was the start of Christmas vacation. A few were staying. And they planned to have one hell of a good time. TJ is coming up with a few of his friends tonight. The dean of the school was away. So the girls decided to invite their boyfriends. It was against school regulations, but they were always very good at breaking the rules. This time, they'll wish they hadn't. Santa came to kill. What the hell are you doing up here in that dumb outfit? Even the police didn't suspect Santa Claus. Oh, Tom, take that bloody mask off. Take me to bed. No one suspected Santa Claus. He was hunting for blood. He was everywhere. What kind of a crazed mind was killing and mutilating his victims? Somebody open the door! 
was no one to help. No one at all. They ran, they cried, they died. Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> and to all, a good night. A good night. <laughs> Should people watch To All a Good Night? No. 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 I mean... The ending is kind of crazy. Okay, well, yeah, the ending has some stuff to talk about. But, <laughs> again, this is just a bad movie, and not in a fun way. No. Like many movies are. Like, we talked about it last week with Amityville Playhouse. Is it so bad it's fun? And it's not. This isn't fun just because it has like I wrote down one of my notes is this movie just has no soul like there's nothing to it it doesn't feel anything and it doesn't really want you to feel anything I mean I, I assume it expects you to be scared at any point but there's just it's just a nothing burger of a movie <laughs> unfortunately and yet it has a lot in common with a couple of movies yes Yes. Okay. We recommend that you do not watch the movie. So, Kelsey. Yes. What do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Keeping in mind, there is only one professional review, so this is an audience score. 49. 19%. There you go. The one professional review is from Tim Brayton from Agony and Ecstasy, who gave it a 3 out of 10, who said... Not just a crummy slasher film with a flimsy holiday theme and crudely inflated body count. It's the crummy slasher film, etc. <laughs> Horror Talk is another negative review that's not on Rotten Tomatoes who said that it comes with a reputation for establishing the rules of the slasher subgenre. Don't think that's the case. I mean, Black Christmas came before this movie, but this had more of the tropes that we would see in later films. It goes on to say, it is true that Hess and company have lucked into leading the pack of slashers that followed for the next couple of decades. Unfortunately, many of these successors handled the material more competently and have left this film behind for many a clear reason. Yeah. Very, very much so. I mm -hmm. think that's a perfect assessment of the the impact that this movie had mm -hmm. it lucked into leading the pack <laughs> anyway 19 percent audience score do you think that's overrated or underrated maybe slightly underrated really what would you give it leah dancing around man i was just like i don't know what's going on it's but so it's bizarre, hilarious and it comes out of nowhere and it's almost too little too late <laughs> get some sort of peek into her sanity breaking some sort of explanation as to what happened when santa <laughs> confronts her and then it cuts away and then the next time we see her she's dressed like a dancer and dancing around like it's too much of a jump to even be funny and i will say this about ginger dead man later there is a difference between stupid and stupid and clever like silly clever you know what i mean like this is not clever in any way it just sort of happens into things that are interesting. But what would you give it? Give it a 22. I was just going to give it a straight 20. Okay. But I'm glad you didn't go too high. <laughs> give it a 22. Just a straight 20. Made me, me laugh. 
I was exasperated nearly the whole time with just like, what is this movie? It doesn't like, it's difficult to explain why I think it doesn't have a soul. Like I watch similar things happen. Well, perfect example is the flashback scene in the very beginning. You can't see anything. You can't tell what's going on. It lasts 10 seconds. There's a bad prop and you have no idea what the context is and you have no idea what the impact of it is until the end of the movie. That's another thing. I do love pranks gone wrong movies. I'm tired of them. I love them. But this was a early one. This is a progenitor. Slaughter High. Yeah. And Killer Party were way after this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Graduation Day. Is that before this? Slaughter High is way after. Killer Party is the same year as Slaughter High, 86. Graduation Day was the next year in 1981. Is that the one with the fencing sword through the football? Yes. Is that Graduation Day? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, you know, I got a soft spot. For those sorts of movies. Well, these are all, this is what slashers were for 10 years. I love, I love 80s slashers. Uh (laughs) I know it's a big genre of yours. So that is to all a good night. I really hope that we talking about this movie, like it's this weird sort of perverse hope. I I hope it made you want to watch this movie (laughs) because we were having so much fun talking about it. But I need to stress (laughs) Don't watch it. It's bad. It's not worth it. It's bad. Okay. Number eight on the list. Oh, my goodness. The year 2000's cut from February of this year. Oh, God, with Molly Ringwald. Yes. Wow, I'm surprised you even remember that. Oh, I remember Molly Ringwald. This was a piss poor movie it was pretty bad about a demon that came from a roll of film yeah and if you burned the film he dies i don't remember they're making a movie in a haunted house wasn't it in australia yeah i think it was australian or something like that if i remember correctly it's almost a year ago kylie minogue is in it yes yes it had a rotten tomatoes of 11 and we both gave it a 20, so an average of 20. Well, we gave it a nice score. Yeah. <laughs> For what it is, absolutely. I I have zero feelings about this movie, I think. I think it was bad. Yeah, it was just bad. Let's hear what we actually had to say at the time about 2000's cut. It began as a class project. We have to do a graduation film, right? What better project than to finish that film? To resurrect an old film... From oblivion. That movie was a nightmare. So what you're saying is there's some sort of a curse in this film. Now, they've made an unexpected discovery of a mysterious legend. Creepier than Friday the 13th. More blood and guts than Texas Chainsaw. More sex than deep throat. (laughs) So are you an idiot? That should never. Who wants to make a mainstream slasher movie? See the light of day. Playing with nightmares. And Should people watch Cut? No. 
No. No, you shouldn't. That's a no. That's a no. It's definitely a no for me, dog. It's one of those movies where I was like, maybe two thirds of the way through, I was like, I'll give this this score. And then it kept going. And I was like, oh, no, I can't even give it that. And then it kept going. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't even give it that. Yeah. Like, my score just kept going down as the movie kept going. Yeah. The first, like, 45 to to an hour is fine. Uh, remember, the movie's only an hour and 20 minutes long or so. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The first yeah. 45 to an hour uh, is fine. It's not great. It's not great. But it's not terrible. But the last 20, 30 minutes are so awful, it just makes the rest of the movie just... You don't care. Yeah, and it kind of forgets that it's a comedy. Yeah. Because it is kind of a comedy. Not a great one. Right. One of the things I wrote when I thought it was still okay, I was like, you know, this movie would have been a lot better if they had really leaned into it being a comedy. Yeah. But then in the last, you know, moments of the movie, it just like completely forgets it's a comedy. Now we're just a weird nonsense supernatural horror movie out of nowhere. And... You're spending the movie going, who could it be? Then you find out, and it's not it's no one. It's none of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's it's a real ripoff in that way. And then it might be intriguing. They might have been able to make it intriguing, but they didn't. And <laughs> yeah, it's I would not recommend watching this movie. No. I also wrote, I'm glad I didn't spend the extra money on buying it. Cause I was like, well, it's four dollars to rent, but it's only six dollars to buy. I could just buy it. I would hate to have this in my library looking at me forever, like life forces. Lifeblood. Lifeblood. <laughs> it's always in my library. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to take it out of it, but like, it's just a reminder. Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? There are nine reviews. Since there's nine reviews, it's going to be basically a zero an 11, a 22, a 33, a 44, a 55. An 11. It has an 11, yes. Boom. Of course, not enough reviews for a consensus statement, no Metacritic, no cinema score. Do you think 11% is overrated or underrated? Okay, maybe just slightly underrated. Yes, I agree. It is not 11 bad. I will give it a 20. That's uh, that's almost, I would say, you know what, yes, I will also go with a 20. Because I was going to say, you know what, this is probably, at one point, this is probably like low 40s. I yeah, could do, oh, totally. I could do low 40s. I was thinking 40s or 50s uh-huh. throughout most of the film. And then, and then I wrote, never mind, low 30s at most. And then I wrote, oh, never m- mind, like seriously at most. Like this is real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not... Lifeblood bad. <laughs> no. Molly Ringwald's character, and there were a couple lines that I liked, and that gets you 20. All right. Before we move on, let's talk about another list really quickly. Let's talk about the biggest differences between uh, Kelsey's and my opinions on these movies. The 10 movies where we differed the most. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this one for the first time. Number 10, Halloween Kills from this year. We had that big of a difference? 
Yeah, a difference of 10 points. You gave it a 35 and I gave it a 25. Ooh, you really didn't like it. I really did not like this movie. I mean, considering how much we liked... The other one. The other one and... Oh, yeah, with the... uh, He dies tonight! Yeah. Yeah, evil dies tonight and all that. Oof. Just completely tactless and graceless and... No good, which was a huge, huge disappointment. Mm -hmm. We were set up to really like this movie, actually. 1989's Stepfather 2, you gave it a 30, I gave it a 40. If I remember correctly, it was basically just Stepfather 1 again. But not nearly as good. Exactly. And I think that's what uh, really affected my my score, because it's just like, ah, the first one was so good. Yeah. 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The remake. There's a big difference between our scores. It, these are all 10 scores. You gave it a 20 and I gave it a 30. Oh, wow. I wonder yeah. why you gave it more than I did. I mean, we still both gave it really bad scores. Yeah, but it's interesting that you gave it a higher one uh-huh. than I did. Also, these are all tied for 10th place. Also, the Ghostbusters 2016 sort of I reboot. really didn't like that. Uh, you gave it a 45 and I gave it a 55. If I remember correctly, we were both just like, it's just not a good movie. Yeah. Like, it has nothing to do with any of the feminist anything. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't very funny. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. Uh, and 1992's Alien 3, which you gave a 68 and I gave a 78. So these are all tied for us having 10 points difference between the two of us. And Alien 3, I actually really liked. I think it gets a bad rap. It's definitely not as good as Alien or Aliens. But it doesn't really, really fall off until Alien Resurrection. And you get a lot of proto-David Fincher here. You see a lot of things he's doing with his camera that he would end up doing in later, more prominent movies. So I actually kind of liked it. Uh, That's all tied for 10th place. Moving on to tied for 6th place with 11-point differences. Phantom of the Paradise from 1974, which you gave a 72 and I gave an 83. Oh my god, you gave it an 83. I did. That's ridiculous. I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. And Bram Stoker's Dracula, which you gave an 80 and I gave a 91. I'm surprised I I gave it that low, but... I'm surprised I gave it that high, to be honest with you, because of all the bad acting in it. But it's a beautifully made movie, and a lot of it's just practical, old-school Hollywood magic. And I like that about it. And it's not afraid to get weird, which I also really liked. All of that's probably why I gave it the score that Mm -hmm. I did. I just, I thought I would have given it higher than that, but... Tied at number four with a 13-point difference, 2003's Identity and 2005's Dominion. Yeah, you really liked Identity. I I did. Well, I gave it a 75. And some of that's nostalgia. Yes. Because I liked it when it came out. Yes. What did I give it? You gave it a 62. I gave it a 75. I think mine's more apt. Uh, Maybe it doesn't deserve a 75. (laughs) But maybe like a 70. I don't know that it deserves to fall into the 60s. And then you must have really liked Dominion. Dominion. Oh, yeah. I really liked it at 48. I gave it a 38. You gave it a 35. 35. This is 13 point differences. So, yeah, 35 for Dominion, part of the Exorcist franchise. Can't believe you gave it as high as you did. Uh Uh-huh. Coming in at number three. 
1998's The Faculty, because Kelsey gave it a bath. If you want to talk. I tried to backpedal and you were like, no. If you want to talk about how much I gave identity credit for liking it when it first came out. You gave the faculty a 98. I know. It's way too high. I tried to backpedal. You wouldn't <laughs> let me. But I didn't so want you changing fun. your mind because I influenced you. But it's so much fun. It's I, a, I gave I it an 82, which is because I thought it was so much fun. I gave it an 82. Yeah, I gave it way too high. But it is one of your favorite horror movies. Yeah. It is, regardless of how good it is. Yes. Coming in at number two... With a 20-point difference, the Blair Witch sequel that was actually okay, 2016's Blair Witch. (laughs) You gave it a 50, and I gave it a 70. I did not like it. I thought there was some stuff to be said about how they made this movie. Which is funny, because I think I really liked it the first time I saw it. Yeah. And then when I had to watch it with a critical eye, I was like, oh, God. (laughs) And coming in at number one with a 27-point difference between you and I, I remember this back earlier in the year in March, 2008's Lake Mungo, which you gave a 63 and I gave a 90. Oh, my God. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Maybe I was a little harsh, but you went way too high. I really liked how they, if I remember correctly, how they dove Head first into making it feel like a real documentary. I remember why I hated it so much. I hated the ending. Yes, how they just leave her behind. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh huh. I and I, I get it now. I remember that was a point of contention back when we watched it. But I do, I do get it, and I think you're probably more right than I was. But still, I this was what I was asking for. I asked for something, and then this gave it to me, and. I was more than happy. Like, if you remember Blair Witch, that started off like more of a documentary. The first portion is all edited like it's a documentary. But then it just evolves into the normal found footage stuff. So this one I really liked. It was all just a documentary about a thing that was a fake story and all actors playing the parts. And that's, love it. You can make good comedies that way. Christopher Guest does it all the time. (laughs) So those are the biggest differences of last year between Kelsey and I. In next week's episode, we'll talk about the biggest differences between the two of us and the critics. So look out for that one. Back to our list. Number seven. Speaking of Blair Witch sequels, 2000's Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. Man, that's three movies from the year 2000 so far, and we're only Four movies into our list. <laughs> Wasn't a good year for four, apparently. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes of 14, and you and I both gave it a 15. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. Because I remember having fun with it when I was younger, but I was a kid. Yeah, you didn't know what it could have been and what it wasn't, and all the stupid inconsistencies in order to get there. Ooh, is your mind blown sort of moments? And it's like, no, because that doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) It was just very, very unsatisfying and trying really hard to be like 2000s metal goth and like... I appreciated the aesthetic. It wasn't at all what Blair Witch was. No. They they really fucked that one up. (laughs) 
So let's hear what we had to say about 2000s. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Last summer. Hey, wait a minute. There is no book. What's the Book of Shadows? There's no book. Is there no book? There's no fucking book. Well, keep an eye on it and check it out as we go through the plot. There's no fucking book. Mm, I don't think there is. You're right. I think. Don't watch this movie. (laughs) 2000's Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. (laughs) Last summer, after the crowds left, five strangers returned to the woods to uncover the truth. But one of them has a secret that will unlock the curse. You know, if you don't believe in the Blair Witch, then why the hell did you bother to come? I thought the movie was cool. This fall, just in time for Halloween, the witch is back. On October 27th, forget everything you've heard. Forget everything you've seen. Because this time, the truth is scarier than fiction. A brutal murder in the Black Hills discovered today. In the past year, the Black Hills area has been overrun with movie fans wanting to get a glimpse of where the Blair Witch Project was filmed. Well, this movie's awful. It is. What is it about, Kelsey? It is a reenactment of supposedly what happened after the summer, the summer after what happened in the movie Blair Witch, or the the summer after the movie came out. And it's nonsense. I couldn't it's tell very, you what it's very about. nonsense. In order to make it okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's not found footage. That's what I just said. It's a reenactment. But I mean, it's not a reenactment using the found footage format. Like it's, it's just a scripted movie and everyone's carrying cameras. So they could have very easily have made it found footage, even if it was just a reenactment. But even that falls apart because they have actual documentary footage that they use. Right. And then they have reenactment footage that they use and multiple characters, including one of our main characters and the sheriff, are in both. I couldn't even tell you if that is true, because this plot makes no sense. Well, in the There's very no beginning... Plot. There is no right, plot. There isn't. But in the very beginning, they're, like, interviewing people from around the town, and he's one of the interviewees. That's true. And so is the sheriff. The sheriff is seen. So, like... So was that a reenactment too? I think so. And if they're going to reenact it as if it were the original source footage, like of actual interviews with real people, why wouldn't they made the whole movie like that? Because it wasn't, you know, they wanted to make this commercial movie. And it's like, it's so frustrating to think this movie was incredibly successful for a couple of reasons. Well, because it was- not the least of which is it was hugely transformative for the horror industry in that it was found footage. 
before found footage was fucking everywhere. It wasn't the first found footage film. We've talked about this, but that was a big, big deal. And people did not know if it was real or not. And so they're just like, ah, fuck it. Let's abandon all that. They'll know it's fake now. So let's just abandon the whole entire conceit that it's so popular for. Like, why the fuck would you do that? I don't think that they did. The found footage format? You don't think they abandoned it? Oh. Oh, that's your problem. I thought you thought I thought that you were saying that they abandoned the idea that it was real because that is why people do this. It's because they think it's real. Right, but now it's a thin veneer of, oh, this isn't the real thing. This is a reenactment of the real thing. Like there's extra layers of ex- abstraction getting in your way now. Yes. Anyway, I think we've already answered this question. Should people watch this movie? No. It's entirely missable. I wouldn't say the same thing about the next movie we're going to watch, but even that one just completely reverses everything that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't regard it at all. Mm-hmm. So it's this one is entirely unnecessary. There are even times where I'm watching this one and I'm like, oh, that's entertainingly nutty. <laughs> but... It's propped up by yeah, this nothing. Movie, this movie isn't <laughs> going to get a zero because it is mildly entertaining. Yeah. It's not. I'll tell you this. I didn't check the time when I was watching this one, but I did check the time when we watched Blair Witch. But that doesn't say a lot because I'm going to give the other one a much higher score. Yeah. But it does say that I was more. Eh, this is weird. Eh, that was different. I don't understand what's going on. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's so <laughs> inconsequential that you just, whatever, you just throw your hands up and just go, eh, just let it come at me, you know? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say anything can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, a little bit. I got kind of almost to that point in my notes here. Uh, I do have a comment. I'll bring it up. Well, maybe I'll say anything can happen if I remember. If you want to see Jeffrey Donovan, the dude from Burn Notice just ham it the fuck up. Maybe even then. He was probably the best part. He and he's not silly. Yeah, he's very silly. He's not he's not believable at all. Again, things just need to happen. It gets into a car accident, but then it's fine. But then the next day the car is destroyed. It's destroyed, but then it's actually fine. <laughs> it's just things need to just happen. Yeah. It is They're just like, okay, what wacky. happens next? It's that's exactly it's like you're telling a a cooperative it's like a cooperative storytelling exercise in improv or something. Okay, then what happens? Then she sees a ghost in the road. Okay, then you. What happens? Well, she has to swerve cuz she did not hit the ghost. And then and then what happens? And then she goes back to the house. So what was the point of the car crash? Oh, nothing. Okay, cool. Exactly. It's just progressive than this than this than this and then and then and then and not we talked about this i can't remember what movie it was but it shouldn't be and then it should be so that this happens so this happens you know like one thing comes from the other not just a list of completely disconnected unrelated things and that's what this is Mm -hmm. telling a story yeah the basics Something I'm working on with my students right now. (laughs) Trying to get them to be able to take information and turn it into a story. Movie's nonsense. 
Do you have anything else? No. It's just the guys, there's so much shit that I skipped because it just doesn't and none of it matters. It's all inconsequential. Inconsequential, I think, is a great word to describe this whole entire movie. And it is and it's stupid. <laughs> it is. That said, what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm gonna guess it's like seventeen. Fourteen. <laughs> This sequel to Blair Witch Project is all formula and no creativity, mechanically borrowing elements from the original and other horror movies. A Metacritic of 15, a cinema score of D minus. So people walked out of that going, what the fuck was that? That An artisan, what did you expect? The people that went were people that liked the first movie and you gave them something completely fucking different. Completely different, yes. Like, it's not like... I'm going to use this as my example because it's my culture. Metal Gear Solid 2. When that came out, there was a switcheroo after the first act of the game. You're playing as a completely different character and you're not playing as Solid Snake. And everyone was fucking pissed. But I was like, "Eh, it's kind of cool. Like, the game is still the same. And the reason why you're not playing as Snake is really interesting. This doesn't even have any of that. It's just a complete bait and switch. 100% 100% bait and switch. Oh, you want a sequel to Blair Witch? Here's a completely different movie. <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. But is 14% Rotten Tomatoes, 15% Metacritic. Is that overrated or underrated? I'd say it's pretty much right on track. It's close. This is another movie that, like, we watched it a couple days ago, and yesterday I remember thinking, I'll probably give it a 40 I mean, it was it was maybe worse than I remember it, but is it really that offensive? And now as I'm going over it, like, yeah, it was terrible. It's so bad. Yeah, I'm giving it a 15. I'll because give it, it was a, mildly entertaining. Uh-huh. At the very least, it was just like, what the fuck was that? What just happened? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and at the very least, like, that kept my, me, my attention. Yeah, I'll give it a, you know what, I'll give it a 15 too. I think that that is reasonable. It's just that bad. It is, it is ridiculous garbage, but it's it's so bizarre that you can't look away. I don't know about can't look away. <laughs> I, would, like, I was just like, did they really just do that ghost? Did oh they really God. just do that? You brought it back with you. <laughs> like, and, and, and like, did they really just have her run into a tree for no reason? <laughs> like, you just constantly just, what? <laughs> and I enjoy that. So, 15. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to number six. I should probably say there are no ties in this bottom ten list. No ties. Uh, moving on to number six is 1995's Leprechaun 3 which had a Rotten Tomatoes of 34, you gave it a 13, and I gave it a 15. I mean, I know it was terrible, but it's funny because the first thing I think of is, like, kind of funny stuff when I think about it. Are you sure you're thinking about the right one? (laughs) That's the one with the lady who wishes for the nice body. Yeah, and then explodes. Like, there were were funny moments, but there was a lot of really bad shit in it. So I understand why we gave it as bad of a score as we did. It it went bad right away. And I remember thinking, too, wasn't a terrible movie. I mean, considering how number one isn't that great a movie anyway. One is so bad. 
They're all bad. Number two was kind of close. Same. A lot closer than this, <laughs> which was just nosedive. <laughs> I wonder, is any Leprechaun movie going to legitimately be good? And I'm going to bet that the answer is no. Yes, I'm pretty sure the answer is no. So let's hear what we had to say about 1995's Leprechaun 3. Las Vegas, a gambler's dream, and the dreamer's paradise. They're all about to meet their worst nightmare. Look out, Vegas. I'm taking over. Now, the leprechaun's back in the city that never sleeps. <laughs> and he will never rest until he reclaims his pot of gold. Belongs to me, this gold I smell. Whoever's got it's going to hell. I want me shilling. Hello? If we destroy the gold, we get rid of the leprechaun once and for all. Leprechaun 3. The third time's the charm. Should people watch Leprechaun 3? No. No. There is absolutely no reason to watch this movie. Some people say this is the best one, including Warwick Davis. He says it's his favorite. But a lot of the reason why he says it's his favorite is because the director, Brian Trenchard Smith, could apparently stretch a buck. He was impressed with how much he could do with so little money. And he thought the comedy was spot on. This is when it becomes like unabashedly a silly movie. This is the turning point in the franchise. A lot of these franchises have it. They go on long enough to where they're just comedy and spots, you know, and that's all it is. Uh, and this is that moment for this franchise. I can see why people would like it. If the idea of the Leprechaun franchise intrigues you, this is the first one that's totally camp, I would say. It's bad. I I mean, like, <laughs> I get I get that people think it's funny. There are funny moments, smattering of laughter here and there. Mm -hmm. But it's it's crap. It's bad. Yeah, the term heat-seeking moisture missile is used to refer to genitalia in this movie. You want my heat-seeking uh, moisture missile, don't you? That's the level of humor we're talking about here. <laughs> Our advice is to not watch Leprechaun 3. If that is your sort of thing, then you already know it is and you don't need us to give you any advice. And that definitely feels like a movie that was made in two weeks. But it's like it's, <laughs> like it's tipping over into like, oh, this is just going to be a wacky comedy and we're just going to see some bizarre, crazy shit. But it's still cheap as hell and nothing looks very impressive the writing is terrible because they can't pay a good writer to do it. it. It's like it's getting hints of, oh, this is what Leprechaun's going to be from now on. And I'm into that if they get the resources and the talent behind it. And I'm really, really worried that they're not going to. We're going to get through this whole entire franchise and it's going to be more of this. Probably. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? God, I hope it's a 13. It does not have a score. Because there are only four reviews on the Rotten Tomatoes site. They are all negative, though. Which, if there were enough reviews, that would mean it had a zero. But it does not have an official Rotten Tomatoes score, so we go by the audience score, which is a 34. Why? No Metacritic, no cinema score. Because there are people that love it because it's wacky. This is my favorite one. Gosh. It's ironic to like this, Kelsey. I'm going to give it. 
I'm going to give it a 13. I had written down a 15. I had no idea what you were going to give it. I had written down a 15. So, yeah, we're pretty much eye to eye on this one. There were moments that were kind of clever. Uh-huh. Or fun. Moments of hope. Hints at what could be. But no. But that's almost more frustrating. <laughs> Overall, guys, the beginning, the beginning part with Scott is so... Every moment before he turns into a leprechaun, it is unwatchable. Yeah, and like I said, it's an hour and a half movie, 45 minutes into the movie, and Gupta was the only one who had died. Come on, get to it. Stop with all this extra bullshit. It could have been an hour long. Yes. And we could have seen all the same good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it could have been written by a better writer, mm-hmm. and it would have been a lot funnier. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's a lot of potential here in Leprechaun 3, <laughs> and it is so unrealized. So not only is it bad, but it's frustrating with the glimpses it gives you of what it could be. Mm-hmm. Number five, we were not as generous as the critics were on this one. 2005's Ginger Dead Man, Oof. which had a, uh, a 28 Rotten Tomato score, which was... Uh, that and Leprechaun, I should probably point out, those were audience scores. So we weren't working with the professional critics there. But yeah, 28, really? I think people no like it because of Gary Busey and because of the ridiculous premise. But the problem is, is that it didn't do anything with the ridiculous premise. And it's just so boring. Right. That is a big problem, I think, in horror is, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this. You might even agree that... There's this subculture of horror, which likes horror for horror's sake and likes being part of the subculture of horror. So they just make a thing. And if it's not serious, then it must be good. Like, oh, they're just making fun of all the things I love. Like how many people out there in what you might call the horror culture love garbage fucking movies because it might be funny to like it or, you know, your whole personality is how you're into horror. And so you have to like every horror movie. And I feel like this falls into that and it's just not good. And sorry to that man. Sorry to this man. Bob. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to play Ginger Dead Man in a future movie that we will watch on this show. (laughs) And I can't imagine it's going to be good. Hopefully it's at least fun. I hope so. So let's hear what we had to say about 2005's Ginger Dead Man. In a quiet bakery, one woman is about to confront her past. We gotta fight back. An unforgivable act of violence. It also says here that after they fried him in the chair, they cremated him and sent his ashes to his mother in Coonsboro. Something else was just left at the back porch, too. Hmm. Must be that gingerbread seasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! An unholy curse. (laughs) What is that fucking I think I know what. I mean, who it is. It's me, Raptor! Why'd you come and get me? A new kind of cookie. What the hell is that? Well, it sure ain't the Pillsbury fucking dope boy. (laughs) Who are you? As fast as you can, something's in the oven. The Ginger Dead Man. (laughs) Evil 
soul never tasted so good. Eat me, you punk bitch! It's Chucky, but with a gingerbread man. Uh Uh-huh. Without any of the scares. Uh Uh-huh. Without any of the thrills, suspense. It's just a lot of time spent watching 20-something, 30-something folks wander around an after-hours factory bakery. And, like, that's the entire movie. It's so boring. Let's continue talking about whether or not people should watch it. No, you should not watch it. I mean, at the very least, like, okay, obviously, after the first Chucky movie, it becomes ridiculous how he keeps getting reincarnated, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh. But, like, at the very least, it kind of makes, at least you understand that there is a doll being made. Why is she making this gigantic one, by the way, just one gingerbread man? Out of a whole load of gingerbread. And it's just, it's this giant gingerbread, Why? No, we're not going to give you a reason. No explanation. Also, we're going to make it with blood that got spilled in it that and we his, somehow didn't see. And his ashes. Oh, well, yeah, but that we didn't know about that till later. I there's can a whole buy subplot. That. Yeah, there's a whole, it's so fucking stupid, but uh, there's a whole subplot going on here. But With his mom, who we never meet or never see, but she's like in the background of the story, and it's honestly a little bit intriguing but i know when she enters into the movie series later which you know she's going to you're going to be really disappointed i don't know i haven't seen any of the next ones but i'm like i'm like ooh, i want to know who his mom is but i just know when i find out i'm going to be so pissed i just love that she knew that she was planning on making a gigantic gingerbread man right like the because she's not surprised at all when she gets the gingerbread seasoning. She's just like, yeah, chill, dude. This well, is what they I was were expecting expecting to show up. gingerbread but seasoning. I'm so where's that seasoning? Where's the real seasoning? I don't know. I also love that it required um, a delivery man wearing a black cloak. Well, and here's the question. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it was nefarious. If it also required human blood, what was the point? Of sending the ashes disguised as seasoning. Well, the ashes needed blood mixed with it, but I don't know how the grandma um, foretold right. that blood would how be spilled on it. How would she have known? It. Or that these people would make a cookie with blood in it. Like, what if she was? What if she made a series of Christmas tree and candy cane gingerbread? You know, like what? Then we have a haunted little three-inch. It's candy cane? a ridiculous plot, and you would think. With a ridiculous plot like this, you would think it's going to be crazy, nutso, ridiculous, hilarious. But it's not. So this goes back to the point I was making before. We are not daft. We understand that silly can be fun. But like I said before, it needs to be clever. This is not clever in any way, shape, or form. Even when I'm like, oh, that could be fun. It's executed poorly. If you remember back to Jack Frost, unfortunately, they had to put a fucking rape joke in it. Of course Uh they did. But if it weren't for that, like, the movie wouldn't have been bad. Like, we understood that it was ridiculous. Right. But it had funny moments. We are capable of enjoying silly horror movies like that that are just trash. This does not have that. Like, like, uh, for instance, a movie that doesn't accomplish it very well, Thanksgiving. Oh, it's terrible. This feels like it's not quite as obnoxious as Thanksgiving, but it's more boring. It's 
way more boring. Way more boring. Like, you would expect a movie called Ginger Dead Man to just be filled, chock full of the Ginger Dead Man running around making one-liners as he you kills a ton of people. You hardly ever see him. You hardly ever see him, probably because they couldn't afford Busey that much. And he kills, like, two people. Yeah. The entire movie. Yeah. If that. Wait, who does he? he? Yeah, he kills two people. I was expecting it to be a rampage. Kind right. of like, what was the one where Santa went on a rampage? Santa's sleigh. Yeah. I was uh-huh. expecting it to be Santa's sleigh. Now, I did, not enjoy, I did not enjoy uh-huh. Santa's sleigh, but I was expecting it to have that kind of momentum. Right. And yeah, it doesn't that, have that. It's a laugh a minute. No, this is really quiet, really slow, and then you never fucking see the title character. Let us Let us tell you. The one saving grace of this movie, its runtime, depending on who you ask, is either 70 or 71 minutes. You do not even get introduced to the living gingerbread man until 24 minutes into a 70-minute movie. And let me tell you, that 70 minutes includes the credits. So don't watch this movie. Again, even as a curiosity. Maybe. This is a maybe as a curiosity. No. I would say. No, we got to remember, these are like horror buffs that are listening to this. They might like it as a curiosity. That's why I say maybe. If you're desperate to see what we're talking about, yeah, fine. It's 70 minutes of your day. But again, not even that. You know, it'll, it won't take much of your time. You can watch it on a lunch break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not that big of an investment. But really, it's not good, so it's not worth watching. No. One review, because there is no critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, there were only four reviews. Three of them were positive. One of them, which gave it a 2.5 out of four, said, What makes Ginger Dead Man so watchable is just how amazingly stupid it is. This was Lucius Gore of E-Splatter. And I wrote down, yeah, it's stupid, but not clever stupid yeah no there is a clever kind of stupidity that you could really enjoy and this is not that this is not it someone made something and then because they're like yeah we know this is stupid and they didn't put any additional effort into into it or thought or anything they're just like ah no you're supposed to enjoy it and if anyone criticizes it we can just say that oh you don't get it it. it's just supposed to be stupid so that means it's good no it's not an excuse for being a bad movie. Is I meant to be bad. No, you got to be bad in a clever way. Mm-hmm. There's also one review, Bloody Good Horror, said it's one of the shortest yet hardest to watch films I've ever seen. So even though it's short, it's hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. There is no Metacritic or Cinema score. What do you think its audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? I would guess. Mm-hmm. 23. 28. Ha ha ha. Pretty dang close. Very close. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Overrated. Yes, it definitely is. It does not deserve that much. Because there were like two lines that made me laugh. I'm going to give it an 11%. I was going to give it 10. That's so funny. Yeah, it did. Made me laugh like twice. It has, like, they put the minimum amount of effort into it. I will give them that, and that's not saying much. Somehow, To All a Good Night is better than this. (laughs) Yes! Can you believe that? (laughs) To All a Good Night, to me, is a bad movie. It's really bad. But I don't think about it like, 
like this is just a bunch of people who turned on some cameras and thought, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? At least to all a good night feels like somebody was trying to make a legitimate piece of art. <laughs> Horror, sure, but still like they're trying to make a film. This is just somebody that's like, oh, I got enough money and I can get enough people together. Let's make a movie about a killer gingerbread man. And that's all it is. And they they did a piss poor job of it. At mm-hmm. least to all a good night feels like a movie that you might see in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Just a bad one. Mm-hmm. This, not that at all. It feels very 2000s camcorder-esque. <laughs> <laughs> My bottom 10. I will not include any movies that we've yet to mention in our combined bottom 10. So anything that falls into spaces one, two, three, or four, I will not mention. And I'll leave till later. Okay. Three movies tied at number eight. To All a Good Night, Bless the Child, and Cut. So no big surprises there. All the movies we've covered. Okay. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Then tied at number six, Leprechaun 3 and Blair Witch 2. There you go. Book of Shadows. Uh, Tied at number four is Ginger Dead Man and our combined number four, which I won't say yet. Okay. And then tied at number one are three movies, all of which I gave zeros to. So I gave zeros to three movies last year. Okay. And I can't say any of them because they're They're the rest of our list. So your bottom 10 is pretty much our bottom 10. Yeah, it's just slightly rearranged. You could say the same thing for your bottom 10. There aren't any on here except for one. Yeah, there's one on here that didn't make our combined bottom 10. Mm. So let's get back to the actual list. Number four, 1999's Wishmaster 2. Uh. This was my tied for four with Ginger Dead Man. I gave it a 10. You also gave it a 10. We agreed on this one. Uh, and it has a Rotten Tomato score of a 9. Ugh. You could talk about what your problem was with it, but my biggest problem, if I remember correctly, was that I actually kind of loved the first Wishmaster movie. We all know. <laughs> At least I have an affection for it, right? Like, and and I really, really, really was looking forward to watching the rest of the series. And so we covered two and three in the same episode. I'm gonna guess that three is also that like uh, next step on the list. You might win that bet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so fucking disappointed. Wishmaster two was fucking garbage, and they start breaking all their own rules almost immediately. Yep, <sighs> it was garbage. Let's hear what we had to say at the time about 1999's Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. Whatever you desire, he can deliver. Whatever you imagine, he will invent. All you have to do is say the word. I wish. For one wish, some will surrender their souls. I claim that which is owed. How many souls does he have? And others. You want to spend eternity in his hell? Then help us. Help yourself. We'll fight for their lives. Shall we dance? You want to explain this to me? He needed to chill out. My kingdom will reign on this earth. Prepare yourself for the next level of terror. 
wishes. Wishmaster 2, evil never dies. If you remember from when we did the first Wishmaster movie, I actually really, really liked it. And that's why we're kind of doing both Wishmaster movies together. It's more for my sake than it is for Kelsey's. Yep. And I am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was actually surprised. I re-listened to the episode and I was surprised to find out how much I enjoyed the first one. And it actually put me in a better mood to watch the second one. And then after hearing my thoughts on the first one, the second one, it's like, okay, so big, big step down. Yeah. But still within the realm of kind of what they were going for in the first one. And then there's three. It just <laughs> completely devolves. Should people watch Wishmaster 2? No. No. You don't no. need to. Watch the, the first one and just leave it there. Yeah, enjoy the first one and don't even be curious about the few good moments of 2. We'll tell you about them now and you'll note you'll notice that there's very few highlights here. And the highlights that are here are not great, so Mm -hmm. I would not recommend you watch this. One of the highlights, I would argue, is the general scheme of the gin. Like, okay, yes. But it doesn't make a good movie. It doesn't make an interesting movie. Like, if a gin was real and they really did have to get that many souls... I would totally believe this guy. What this guy does is exactly what I would probably do uh-huh. if that was my goal. But that doesn't mean that it's an interesting plot to watch. Yeah. He has a goal to get a thousand souls by granting wishes. And I don't think it's really clear. Is it like one or the other he can do? He can either get the person who released him to wish three wishes or. He can get a thousand souls, one or the other, and then... He has to do both. Oh. He has to get the 1,001 souls. Oh, they, they completely drop that in the third one. 100%. Yeah. 100%. They completely drop all the mythology that the first two movies try to develop. But yeah, he has to get a thousand and one souls, and then she has to make her three wishes. All three wishes have to be made. Once they have been, then he and the rest of the jinn rule the earth. Yep. And if you're thinking, well, then why doesn't she just wish for him back into the fire opal? They do actually uh, talk about that in this movie. So they give a stupid ass explanation why you can't just do that. You have to be tricksy because he's tricksy. Yep. I wrote down, it just wasn't very fun. No. Like, that's the problem. Very boring. It's just not very fun at all. And the first one was fun. My complaints were like, Oh, you'll have to, I wish you would try to get through me or whatever, right? And then Kane Hodder just turns into like stained glass and he walks through him. And I was like, oh, it would have been interesting since there's a glass door behind him and he has to go through the door. If he just got put on the door and he pushed open the door or something like that, that would have been much, like, those are the type of complaints I had about the first movie. (laughs) This movie is just terrible. It's very boring. It, Very boring. Makes no sense. Doesn't follow any yeah. of the rules. And, and like, we didn't even hit all the highlights because it's not even worth it to find them, guys. It's not that great of a movie. And the third one is even worse. Yeah, it, it really, really is. The writer-director apparently says it's like, you know, yeah, the movie's a little dumb. Uh, I haven't seen it since I made it. 
it was, I thought it was kind of funny or clever. I think it has merit, but it's a movie that divides people. Maybe it just comes off as being silly. And I think he's right, but it's not silly in a fun way. No. Is the problem. I can deal with a silly movie. We watched House last week. <laughs> that is a silly movie that I absolutely adored. Mm-hmm. This is not that at all. Nope. So what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? There's 11 reviews. Does it have 18? 9%. 9. So one positive review. So there's no consensus statement since there's only 11 reviews. But the one positive review from Forbes says, the best effect remains Devoff, who plays the role with full intensity even during the ridiculous moments. Yes. And, and he is, Devoff like, is the best in... thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then he's not in the third one, and you're just like, no. He has this stupid fucking grin on his face the entire time, and he never goddamn blinks, and it's fun. That's the most fun you get out of this movie. Yes. So is 9% overrated or underrated? There is no Metacritic or Cinema score, of course. Um... Well, keeping in mind... The original had a 23 Rotten Tomatoes. You gave it a 57. I gave it a 78. I am going to give this, because I know I did laugh a couple times, I will give it a 10%. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think 10 is exactly the, the perfect score for this movie. It is just that bad that it almost gets single digits, but there are a few things that you're like, oh, that's a little diamond in the rough moment mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but there's a lot of rough yes there's a lot of rough yes it's just such a bummer to go from a movie that i enjoyed so much it's not a perfect movie it's i wouldn't even call it a great movie but i just really really enjoyed the first Wishmaster, and it just garbage from here on out yep coming in at number three 2001's Wishmaster 3. No shit. <laughs> this Which, one was even worse. It didn't even have the guy in it. Yeah, and it was a 17 Rotten Tomatoes score, and that's an audience score, which are generally higher unless yes. there's some sort of zeitgeist thing happening. <laughs> uh, Kelsey gave it a three, and this is one of my three zeros. I wonder why I gave it a three. If there was something at least compelling... I think we'll find out when we hear what we had to say about 2001's Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. They're students of an ancient mythology. Greg was just telling us how hard he's been working on the project. You should be careful. Boys who don't get the attention they need tend to look elsewhere for. When you're this good, they never wander. Their search for knowledge is leading them to a secret. Dead for centuries. What is it? Find out soon enough. It's like an evil Aladdin's lamp. He's being possessed by some kind of a demon called a djinn. Oh man, I do not believe this. If the djinn grants three of my wishes, he has the power to open the gates of hell. That's bad, right? Make your wish. No. Anne's already made her wish. She wants to lose a little weight. The only thing greater than his power. Three wishes. Otherwise, the souls closest to her will perish. He's gonna find me. Is the evil behind it? Only you can save her. Make your wish. Never! Fascinating. Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. 
AJ Cook. Is her name AJ in real life? Her name is AJ in real life. We know her as JJ. From Criminal Minds. <laughs> and she is the best thing about this movie. She's the best part of this movie. Also, I love that she invokes the spirit of Michael to save her. Oh, God. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. About what this is this movie. movie about, Kelsey? It's fucking the same goddamn thing. Only it's a new gin... And it sucks. It's and he all looks religious. Like so I said, stupid. She gets the spirit of Michael, the angel. Which, it was 2001. It's kind of a, a bonkers great idea, but it's so boring. It's 2001. So it's like it's 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 late in the era of the 90s where everything was about like, what if it was heavy metal Christian? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's late in that era. Like prophecy which we still haven't done on this show <laughs> with Christopher fucking Walken playing I think Gabriel <laughs> like it's just so good but no this is not that no. it's not that at all no should people watch this movie nope even less than the last one <laughs> yeah this is ooh i don't even know if we're ever going to do number 4 i i mean we got to finish out the franchise, right? We can't just leave it hanging. There are franchises we haven't even seen the second one. Of. That we will finish before we ever finish with. Yeah, it's just. The movies aren't even good. Like, at least I know that the nightmare movies and the Friday movies and uh, the Halloween movies that when they get bad, they get fun a little <laughs> bit. You know, it, it. this isn't even that. It's just bad. Yeah. She's like, I want to use the sword at one point. And he's like, the sword of justice will be yours when you're ready for it. Yes. What the f- Now there's a prophecy about the sword of justice? <laughs> is this an episode of Power Rangers? What is happening? If the sword of justice did exist, I imagine you would need to prove your worth before being able to wield it. Just like you are giving Thor's hammer no. existed, you would need to prove your worth before you can wield oh, interesting. it. Interesting, you're mentioning something from the movie about Thor. <laughs> this is a Wishmaster movie, and now we're talking about the Sword of Justice and earning the right to wield it from the Archangel Michael. Movie that's, bad. That's that movie. Movie bad. Very bad. I oh god. Not interesting in any way. Not funny. Not clever. Not anything. Nope. It's bad. So what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it zero? It does not have an official reviewer score because there are only three reviews, but those three reviews are all negative. Mm-hmm. It has an audience score. What do you think the audience score is? Which doesn't work the same way. That reviewer scores work, but it's a sc- the score we have to work with. Maybe 13. 17. There you go. What do you think this movie should be? Do you think 17 is overrated or underrated? Maybe slightly overrated. I think it's very overrated. Keeping in mind the fact that Wishmaster 2, we each gave 10. Yeah, okay. If Wishmaster 2 is a 10, this is a zero. Straight up. But JJ. Yeah, and she's given bullshit to do, but and JJ, it makes her look bad. I don't want to give it a zero. I know, JJ. but it it disrespected JJ. 
Fine, I'll give it a zero. No, no, no. I don't, what do you actually want to give it? I was going to give it a three. Okay, that's fair. I will give it a zero for the both of us. Okay. It is just awful. I guess when I said slightly overrated, I, I meant way overrated. <laughs> like, it's so disappointing specifically because I unexpectedly really enjoyed the silly movie that was the first Wishmaster. Like, it was silly, it was fun, it was clever. I was very surprised by just how much I enjoyed that movie. Then we get Wishmaster 2, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't live up to the first one, not even close. No. Nope. And then we get Wishmaster 3, and it's, this is an abomination. Mm-hmm. It should never have been made. Mm-hmm. The Wishmaster movies just get worse, and I can only imagine how bad the fourth one is. Mm -hmm. Although odds are, I might like it better. It can't get any worse at this point, right? Oh, I'm sure it can get worse. <laughs> Kelsey's three could go to a zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in at number two. Oh, my God. 2006's I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, I don't even remember what happens in that movie. I can tell you what happens... First of all, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of a zero. Of course it does. And Kelsey gave it a two. I'm surprised I gave For it a two. For some reason, I gave it a zero. You gave it a two because there was like one thing that you laughed at or something. Like Probably. you couldn't not acknowledge that there was some vague thing in there that made you smile or something. <laughs> but this is the one where they take the very human fish hook uh, killer. Oh, Fisherman right. killer. He's like a ghost. Yeah, and he's a spirit of vengeance now. Right. Right, that's right. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> like, really, really bad. Bad enough that I gave it a zero. So we've gone over the two that were tied for first place for me. And the third one, we'll find out in just a second. So let's hear what we had to say at the time about 2006's I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. So you've all heard the story, right? About what happens on July 4th? Whoa, Amber, you want to freak everyone out? What are you guys talking about? The fisherman. Every 4th of July, he sharpens up his hook, runs wild. <laughs> they were the best of friends until something went horribly wrong. Secret dies with us. Say it. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us. They know the legend, but they never imagined what would happen next. Did you tell anyone? I kept our promise. Which one of you opened your mouth? Now, someone knows their secret. Ready? I'll always know what you did last summer. This movie is garbage. Should people watch I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer? No! Holy shit. <laughs> like 30 seconds into the first scene and I wrote down, it's the first scene and I'm already wondering how this movie got made. Yes, it's really, it's really bad. It's that kind of movie. It is so bad. I could not believe it. One thing that I found out is that apparently 
the director, Sylvain White, I think he did a lot of music videos and stuff like that beforehand, which you can tell he's never had to direct anybody acting believably. <laughs> Because music videos never fucking require that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff they do is like, oh, that's a music video shot. That's a music video shot. Oh, my God. The editing in this film. Uh-huh. So the cinematography. Ugh. Apparently, the original director was fired. And Sylvain White, this director, was brought on. He had to cast the film. He had to do all the location setting. He had to make the shooting schedule. And he had to do all of that in just two weeks. And it shows. <laughs> it was originally supposed to be a sequel to I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, like an actual sequel to I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, but it just never got made. It was in development hell for a really long time. And then eventually they were just like, fuck it, just make it, new cast, whatever. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brandy were going to be in it. Wow. Yeah, but didn't end up happening for whatever reason. And, and then we got this we got garbage. This. I mean, two was garbage enough. Yeah, two was not good. But this is worse. But this is, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. After the movie, Kelsey and I talked very briefly. We generally don't discuss our thoughts about movies until the recording. And, and I told her this might be as bad as lesbian vampire zombie angels. <laughs> and... I could not believe it. Yeah. There is there is maybe one saving grace, and it's just, it's almost like, well, yeah, of course they didn't do this thing. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later, but you just, okay, if you, if you don't, if you know nothing about this movie, don't watch it, listen to us talk about it, and the ending will blow your mind. <laughs> In the meantime, we suggest that you do not watch it. No. It is garbaggio. <laughs> Oh my God, Zoe and the Hooks. Kelsey, Zoe and the Hooks. Yep. Like everything else in this movie, they thought about it for two seconds and then they put it in. Yep. I wrote down somewhere around here, I don't know that there's fucking anything redeeming about this. No. This might be a zero. Mm-hmm. It's very, very close. And then I wrote, oh no. Because <laughs> my next note is about what gets revealed at the end of this night. So. Hafner shoots him several times with a shotgun. And you're like, oh, my God, he's they're trying to do a Michael Myers thing all of a sudden now. And you're you're still at this point. You're thinking things are happening that there's no way that they could have happened. But certainly it's not even in the realm of possibility that they're going to make this supernatural. And it's going to be somebody. But they're running out of people. It could possibly fucking be because they're all dying. And then he gets these shotgun shots. And you're like, no, they fucking wouldn't they absolutely would not she attacks him with his hook and he screams like a godzilla sort of babadook scream i'm like oh my god they are certainly doing it and then he starts bleeding blood uh, black, black blood, blood and they're like they're fucking doing it <laughs> and then when lance fights him in a hook against hook fight i think that's where this is so there are two hooks by now and we get to see his face and it is the worst fucking makeup effects it reminded me a lot of the jeepers creepers guy yeah a little bit and he's got these red eyes very bad and it's very very bad i wrote down how do these people film this shit with a straight face i don't know i don't understand paid? How they, i guess these are actors who do not get paid very much this was very exciting to at least be in a franchise that people <laughs> might see yeah maybe 
it was in structure trying to be exactly what number one was. And then they made it supernatural. And on top of all that, it's a garbage movie with a garbage script and garbage direction, garbage acting, and a garbage budget, obviously. It's a very bad movie. Like, even if this was an indie movie and just somebody trying their best, I would still (laughs) severely dislike it. Like, that's how bad it is. So what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? I already know. What is it? It has a zero. Out of six reviews. No Metacritic. And of course, no CinemaScore because it was released direct to video. Fun. Do you think a zero is overrated or underrated? I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two because I enjoyed the carnival scene. What carnival scene? At the very beginning. When on the Ferris wheel? Well, no, but they're walking around. There's fun carnival. Just because it reminds you of the fair? <laughs> And I'm going to give it a point. Uh-huh. My second point. Yeah. I know you hate it, but at least it's a thought. At least it was something. Sure. They 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 swung for the fences. They turned him into an urban legend. Our favorite UL. Just so. shoot for the moon. And if you miss, at least you'll end up in a pile of shit. <laughs> I was thinking about, no joke, I was thinking about it too. And then I got to thinking about Lifeblood. <laughs> and this has just about as many redeeming factors as Lifeblood does. Like, didn't we like What's-His-Face from Sandlot in that movie where we were yes. like, oh, he was fun. I think so. I don't know. It's been way too long and I'm not fucking watching that movie again. It's going to sit in my <laughs> my Apple video <laughs> library for fucking ever (laughs) never watching it again but i feel like this is the same sort of thing like it's the same level and i don't know how to express that without i think probably in the same way that you don't give out a hundreds i think maybe you also don't give out as many zeros i'm I'm gonna say i give out hundreds if it, it if it gets my highest recommendation I'll I'll give it 100. It doesn't have to mean it's perfect. I'll say the same thing in reverse. Zero doesn't have to mean there's absolutely nothing redeeming about it. It just means in no uncertain terms, I would not recommend anyone watch this movie. Yeah, absolutely. So I am going to give it a zero. Okay. This has an average score of one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kelsey, before we get into what our number one worst movie of the entire year is... That we both gave zeros, and if you listen to this show, it was pretty recently, so you probably already know. <laughs> Let's talk about Kelsey's bottom ten, which is actually really close to our actual bottom ten. Coming in at number ten to All a Good Night, tied for eighth place at a score of 20, 2000's Cut, and 2003's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. There you go. Which was on our biggest differences list, which is probably why it didn't make our actual bottom 10. Oh, right, because you gave it more points. I gave it a 30, you gave it a 20, yeah. Number 7, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Number 6, Leprechaun 3. Number 5, Ginger Dead Man. Number 4, Wishmaster 2, and that was your 10 that you gave to that one. And then a big drop to Wishmaster 3, and number 3 on your list, with 3 points. It's kind of funny. And then two points you gave to number two, 
I'll always know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. And your number one, my number one, our number one. At zero points. At zero from each of us, 2015's Amityville Playhouse. Nothing redeeming. Which was the garbage fire of a movie that we watched this year. Absolutely nothing good about it. We watched bad, low-budget indie movies, and we do that all the time, and we understand that there might be bad acting. We've done a few of them in the past, and they tend to be seasonal, you know, but this one isn't. It was just terrible. Yes. Like, this, they, they, what they did is they took completely non-actors and gave them roles in this. Like, I've seen bad movies with, you know, all right, so you're not like a movie star, but you're an okay actor. No, this is garbage. And nothing happens. They're in a playhouse and they do practically nothing with it. Yes. I just realized this whole list is either a seasonal movie, a recommendation, or a one of uh, a like series. Like a sequel? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, every single one of these. The only ones that were not a sequel in a franchise were Ginger Dead Man. Seasonal. Cut. Recommendation. Bless the Child. Seasonal. Easter. To All a Good Night. Seasonal. Yep. <laughs> the rest were all franchises. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what does that tell you about the state of horror? In any year, because these kind of span the gamut. But you'll notice that the furthest back we go in all of these is 1982. And then it makes a big jump to 1995. Remember we got some review at some point that said that we are biased towards more recent movies? Yes. (laughs) Just think about that sometimes. (laughs) Anyway... Let's hear what we had to say about 2015's Amityville Playhouse. It's over in Amityville. It'll be kind of a sleepover. We'll get pizza and stuff, tell ghost stories. It'll be kind of fun. I didn't know my dad even had a theater. It's been sitting empty for nearly five years. So can I have the keys? You really think someone else is in here pranking us? She got in, didn't she? Sister. Good Lord, is this one not only as bad as you hear that the Amityville franchise is, it's worse. Yeah, it's it's unbearable. Do not watch this movie. What is Amityville Playhouse about, Kelsey? Who cares? It's, <laughs> it's, about, it's about a girl who owns a, a, a movie theater. Not a movie theater. It's a playhouse. A playhouse. Who cares? Uh, she owns a playhouse. It totally doesn't factor into the story in whatsoever. Amityville... And it's and she goes there haunted. with a bunch of her friends just to check it out. She is young, but her parents both died. 
And apparently, I don't know, is this where the house was originally? There's no water nearby, at least as far as I could tell. It's in Amityville, But it's right? just in the town. Yes, it's yes. in Amityville. Yeah. And oh my God, do they dive in hard with the mythos? I have no idea if this is in any of the later Amityville entries prior to this one. But they dive in hard with the lore. In like one scene, they just, <laughs> just look at all the stuff that's going on in this storyline. Uh, but anyway, do not under any circumstances do it. No. It is terrible. It is so, so, so bad. Terrible. So, 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 so bad. Like not even in a way that I, I thought there was a point at one point where I was like, is this so bad it's good now? Nope, no, 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 it's not. It's just bad. Every single one of the actors is terrible, except for a few, including John R. Walker as Vic Stewart. He's not awful. No. But the movie sure as fuck is. It's so, so bad. I... Oh. (laughs) It was painful to watch this, and it was very difficult to pay attention Oh, man, at least the next modern Amityville movie is, like, a bigger theatrical release. The 3D one? Like, it has stars in it. No, I don't mean the old one, Amityville 3D. I mean Amityville Awakening, which is the next modern one that we'll be watching. (laughs) And it has, like, names in it, people we know can act. This is the interesting thing. Every single one of our main characters in this movie have never been in anything else. I totally believe that. And it very much shows yes and worse no one gave the script a second look every single word that the script writer put down made it into this movie the script is so it is very horrendous like when you give bad actors bad dialogue it oh it hurts to watch it yeah it is it is just horrible to get through yeah And then, guys, I gotta say, after that, my notes really start to devolve, because the movie's plot devolves. There's not really a plot anymore. They're just kind of walking around, and everybody kind of gets possessed, and it's really it. Like, it's constantly like, did that really happen? I don't know. It's not there anymore. And If we weren't watching it for the show... I would have turned this movie off by the time they opened the door to the theater. Mm -hmm. That's how right away I knew I didn't even want to give this movie a chance. I had given it enough chances just letting it get to that point. Yeah, and this reminded me a lot of Bloody New Year. Because it's kind of the same thing. They're just kind of wandering around and weird shit happens. But again, at least Bloody New Year is funny. It's novel. <laughs> like shit, that's in a theater. They go to a theater there and uh-huh. like the, the film comes to life and like things are happening. They did something with that. It's a bad movie, but it's a novel bad movie. This is a bad movie where nothing happens in a location that's ripe for fun they do moments. at one point fill the theater with ghosts and a lady singing, but that's like all that happens. Yeah, it's ugh. they're not possessed in this movie. I wrote down they are possessed. No, they're not. They they show this moment once during one of the quote unquote possessions. Somebody who is very obviously possessed leaves a room and then the camera pans and you see their dead body on the ground. They're being killed and replaced. Oh, OK. But like. What's the point of that? 
because there's these six spirits that live in this theater that need to be released by taking like once bodies. a year so or something cr- like this. I don't know and I don't care. Something <laughs> like that. There's there, once a year these six spirits try need, to get out. bodies or whatever. But no, it's so they, they won't try to get out. Is if they're given these these souls, basically, right? Legend further continues that if the appetites of the demons could be sated by the sacrifice of six souls every year, they would never emerge. And so the mortal world would be safe. So there's no reason that they need to take on the personage oh, so of these people. Here? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. It is. That's right. We're still here. So, like, none of this really jives. None of it really makes sense because they also talk about wanting to get out. It's like the whole reason that you're taking six souls is so you don't try to get out. So why are you taking the souls to try to get out? Like, none of that makes sense. (laughs) Question for you, Kelsey. If they're locked inside, how does Professor Stewart get inside to save them? Do you remember? No. The mayor... After he kills the henchman and unties Professor Stewart, he gives him the key to the city, (laughs) which actually does work on any lock in the city, which I guess means it's fucking magical. It's like what a kid thinks that uh, the key to the city means. They say that in like TV shows and stuff like that. Oh, it gives you access. That's what it's supposed to symbolize. Yes, it's a symbol, but it's like, you know, children think. But it doesn't literally give you access to anywhere in the city. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he uses it and it works. And very obviously it's like this. It's like what you would expect a key to the city to be. Not one of those giant ones that take two hands to carry. But like, you know, you might see it in a little box or in a frame. It's an overgrown looking old timey key. And it very obviously would not fit in the lock of this theater, this deadbolt lock thing. So you just see him bring the key close to the lock and the camera kind of pans up or it's just out of frame. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, it's open now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't understand anything. I I just want to stop talking about this piece of shit. Why are you trying to make it make sense? Who cares? It's stupid. It doesn't fucking make sense. It's stupid. I think I mentioned this earlier, but I have a note here that says, oh my God, do I love this movie? No. No, No. No, I don't. No, I don't. I will never watch this movie again. It might sound wacky with the key to the city and like all of this stuff going on. It is not. They are not having fun with this whatsoever. No. They think that this is legitimate horror stuff. I, okay, when I think back on movies like April Fool's and Bloody New Year, I immediately think of the things that made me smile. Yes. There's nothing about this movie that makes me smile. Right. It's terrible. There are not enough words to describe how awful, bad. It's bad and wrong. It's badong. Killing is wrong and bad. There should be a new stronger word for killing, like bad wrong or badong. Yes, killing is badong. Horrible, horrendous. Yeah. Like when people say that Amityville gets bad, I really hope this is the worst of it. I don't know if it is. Don't know. I'd be very surprised if there's one that's worse than this. So, Kelsey, with that in mind, what do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Zero. 
There are no reviewer scores. Okay, it's we'll just audience scores. Zero. 21%. It's too high. Yeah. There aren't even 20 reviews for this. It's too high. This is a nothing of a movie. It is very, very too high. There were a few professional reviews. Tim Brayton of some site called Alternate Ending said it manages to look the part of a horror film, though it's not able to do anything else. And he gave it half a point out of five, which I imagine is the lowest score he can give. And then Leslie Felperin of The Guardian said it's so bad one starts to wonder if it's all not some kind of elaborate satanic joke that induces a kind of giddy demonic hilarity. But it doesn't. Remember when I wrote, do I actually love this movie? Because I was thinking maybe along those lines. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. It does not. She gave it a one out of five. What would you give this movie, Kelsey? I'm giving it a zero. I am giving it a zero as well. Because there are those movies out there that are god-awful, but you can look back and smile. (laughs) Like you say. Uh-huh. And to Kelsey's point, there aren't any moments like that. No. It's just... You want you are waiting for this movie to end. I was legitimately tempted to say, let's not do this movie and just stop watching it. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. Yeah. I think this might be the worst movie we've seen all year. Yep. I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. <laughs> are there any others that we gave zeros? Close. Wishmaster 3. Kelsey gave it a 3. There you go. And I gave it a 0. I'll always know what you did last summer. You gave it a 2. And I gave it a 0. Like, this is... I, it's, it's more than 2 <laughs> or 3 points worse than those movies. Yes. That's how terrible it is. Jesus. Alright, that's the bottom 10 from 2021. Uh, real quick, let's go over it again. Coming in at... Number 10, Bless the Child from 2000. Number 9, 1982's To All a Good Night. Number 8, 2000's Cut. Number 7, 2000's Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Number 6, 1995's Leprechaun 3. Number 5, 2005's Ginger Dead Man. Number 4, 1999's Wishmaster 2. Followed on its heels by number 3, 2001's Wishmaster 3. Number two, the penultimate worst movie we watched last year, 2006's I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. And number one, the worst movie we saw last year, even unrelated to this show, we didn't see a worse movie. Absolutely nothing good about it. 2015's Amityville Playhouse. Let's just do some real quick honorable mentions here that didn't quite make the, the bottom ten. Child's Play 3 combined was only a half point higher than Plus the Child. It was a terrible movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003, which we mentioned before. Also bad. Uh-huh. That was on our biggest differences and Kelsey's bottom 10. Uh, Halloween Kills, which was on my bottom 10, that Kelsey gave 10 points higher than I did. Yep. Which why it didn't show up on our bottom 10 this year. <laughs> um, I saved it. And then two uh, 35 averages of Stepfather 2 and Rotten Tail. Ugh. Remember Rotten Tail? Also, again, Another Easter movie. seasonal. Yep. So that's our bottom 10, the worst movies we watched last year. Thank you guys for checking in. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. Stick around for next week's episode where we will 
try to end things on a more positive note with our top 10. An optimistic view of next year. Yeah, let's hope we get more movies this year, 2022, like we did in the movies that uh, we'll talk about next week. So please come back then. Until then, you can always find us on our website, podcemetery.com, or on Twitter, at podcemetery. Don't forget to subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. A five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. Even bigger than that is sharing us with your friends. And even bigger than that is listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. And we hope whatever happened last year, your year is even better this year. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey... Any last words? We've got to try and secure a better future. We've got to break the chain. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I'll addict it to the sacred place This ain't a dream I can't escape More loose than fangs that are picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones you see a lot of the sort of proto guy whose name I can never remember. Who's like one of my favorite directors and I can never remember his name. David Fincher. Yeah. This is one of my three zeros. I wonder why I gave it a three. If there was something at least compelling, I think we'll find out when we hear what we had to say about 2001's Wishmaster 3. One thing we know is he gave a great performance. From Wishmaster 2? No, that's what you just sounded like. Oh, yes. Uh Yep. (laughs) One thing we can all agree on (laughs) is that was an amazing performance. (laughs) Give it up for Queen of Hearts. (laughs) Oh, this kid died. I know, it's so sad. Well, let's get back to our frivolous list. (laughs) The mayor gives Stuart the key to the city. A real key, which works on any door. (laughs) Including the door of the theater. Fucking remember that? And they couldn't even show it on camera. Because obviously it wouldn't fit. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You make two of those keys. Right? One of them is a prop key. And then the other one, you shave in half. And you attach to the end of the real key to the fucking theater. So, yeah, you don't see him put it in the lock, but once it's in, you can see him turn it and use it. It wouldn't even be expensive. Jevin, is that you? Remember fucking Jevin? Jevin.